the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. I'm here in the studio with Jerry Feeney and Ace Lozupop, and we are obviously talking all things real estate, whether it's financing, legal, whether it's neighbors, uh, whether it's War of the Roses, and you don't want to live with whoever you live with. <laughs> uh, but as I promised, I'm going to make this brief, but every year people always go through the same thing. What do I tip? So Brick Underground does a great guide, and I try to give you um, a pretty much, and again, it's not a science, but it's kind of um, a guide to what you should tip. So, first of all, do you have to tip? <laughs> if you want to, sir. if you want to have, <laughs> if you want to receive your packages, <laughs> if you ever. All right, now we're talking the city, and again. you know, like the suburbs. Let's let's kind of break it down. If you're in the city and you live in a building where there's a doorman and blah blah blah, and you don't tip, uh, you don't have to. I mean, there's no forcing, but I would not say be smart. Right? I, I mean, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Now, just like if you're in the suburbs and you don't give your mailman a tip, will you still get your mail? Yes. I don't get my mail anyway, so I'm not really worried about well, it. couldn't get any worse here. The, after, they, don't, they don't deliver things here. Okay, but, you know, <laughs> so, you know, so you don't have to tip the doorman, <laughs> but tipping the staff during the holidays is kind of a custom, not a requirement. So many building staffers tell us they treat non-tippers the same as tippers. Uh, well, that's please. what they say. That's, of a, course. that's, that's the right answer. Yeah. Or right. subtly encourage them right. to pay as you go. In other words, to tip for extra services staffers perform. Now, I give tips all year to the guys. You know, my you luggage they're taking up because I'm always, I've always had luggage. I'm back and forth all over. So I don't generally only tip at the end of the year. Uh, I spend a lot of money on tips, but they're very good to me. So, you know. Right. Now that I can tell, they come running when I use They do. They do. They do. They do. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't tip all year round just because I think it's hard to keep track of. But uh, I certainly take care of them at the end of the year. And and I think it's only fair that, you know, they really are relying on that as part of the whole compensation package. They They take jobs that probably make less than they could make elsewhere based on, on those tips that they're expecting. Right. Now, it and, says that, Jerry and, and Ace, I mean, I don't know. It says that the super, like the head resident yeah. manager of the building, should get on average 75 to $175 on average, uh, broad range 50 to $500. Now, that's a broad range, 50 to 500 So that's not really giving you a clue. But right. I would say that if you live in a building and you, the doormen are really important people, and yeah. 
I mean, that's really a big range, 50 to 500. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah. I mean, I think the, the super, the <laughs> resident manager in a, in a luxury building, at least a couple of hundred, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the and if it's main not doorman, a luxury building and it's kind of, you know, everyone's just getting by, then, you know, yeah. go to the lower end. But you should give them a, a, a tip. Doorman and concierge, the latter, that, that handle more personal requests, like lining up an emergency dog walker or things like mm-hmm. that. Twenty-five to one hundred and fifty dollars, and then they say ten to a thousand. So you know, uh, I have to tell you, uh, brick underground. These are too broad. Yeah, that's not helpful. It's very broad. Yeah, I mean, apparently the uh, one of the Koch brothers, the billionaires, they give like some people say they give like a hundred dollar checks or something like that. I don't know. I just think it's funny to give a check as a. You know, they, they don't well, want to Well, yeah, I've done that once or twice, only because I didn't have cash on me. And I yeah, give, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, and I think it varies about how your relationship is, how much you use somebody. If you're always calling them for something, um, the porter or the handyman or the maintenance person who does your maintenance, uh, they say, you know, between 10 and $75. No, I would give the maintenance man a little more. I, I would, too. He, I he would saves too. a lot. He's, he like, saves a lot, if you, yeah. If you yeah. need maintenance, yeah. that's the guy that you call. Yeah. So I would I would disagree with them on that. Yeah, I for would, sure. And again, depending on the, how much rent you're paying, you know, but I, I would give them a decent tip because they're the ones that you're going to call when something goes wrong. I, I also think it's not just the, the direct service they give you, but, you know, the porters in our building, you can tell they work really hard. They keep it spotless. And now, I mean, that's, that's, that is, they should that's be rewarded. Important. You're they right. They should be rewarded for that. It's not just that that helps me, well, it helps everyone, but they should be rewarded for that. You now, like anything else, Brick Underground came up with these answers by polling certain people. They might have polled cheap people. That's what I thought. No, tell they you. should have polled people okay. who knew what they were talking about. <laughs> they should have asked us. They, they asked us. They, I know the numbers <laughs> would be higher. Uh, but, you know, but there's certain people that I give more to because they really do extra for me. I'm always confused about my hair cutter. I, I generally give him one extra haircut amount at the end of the year. So, you know, I, he charged 100 so I give him an extra 100 at the end of the year. Is that enough? What do you, you give a lot to your colorist. And, oh, I no, do. I'm sorry, you don't have a yeah. colorist. I do. Sorry. Probably too much. Probably but too I much. But, they, they, I mean, they... Probably too much because I really never know. I didn't have brick yeah. underground to ask. Okay? <laughs> well, what do they say? Between 10 and a million or something? I yeah, mean, something like that. A it's a broad range. No. <laughs> Well, how many times do you color your hair, Donnie? No, I don't do she that She doesn't much, color but, her. It's, she's but, but, I, but, you know, my hairdresser and things like that. I, but but yeah. let me just say this. When I was, uh, years ago, I was probably in my 20s. And I worked for, I think most of you know, I worked for Merrill Lynch. And I um, <clears throat> I had a boss who, um, I, well, I had a lot of mentors who I learned a lot from. But one of the, and this is more of a female thing, but I think that if men do it, it's really a home run. Enough females don't do it either. But it happened to be a female who said to me, look, Dottie, when it's the holidays, think about all the people that don't get tips. Now, the doormen generally get tips and stuff like that. And what you give them, you know, it's a personal thing. We're going to give you some more rules. But what about the guy that, the shoemaker? Or what about your doctor and her? What about your lawyer? What about your lawyer? What about your lawyer or banker? Yeah, your banker. Yeah, bankers. You need another. Now it doesn't have to be a lot, but these people really get nothing, and they're not expecting much. But if you look, sense of a little basket, uh, you could do like a popcorn basket, which is very inexpensive, like they're twenty dollars or fifteen dollars to the staff, 
at yeah. who yeah. services your car or the parking attendants or well, you know what the I do doctor's the... office. It doesn't have to be the amount, but little yeah. things like that, little things, especially for people who don't normally get tips. Yeah. Building supers expect to get them. They're expecting it. You know they what I do with the it, So you best give it to them. <clears throat> Donnie, but... with the doctor's office, I, I send in, at the end of the year, I send in lunch for the staff. That's a good yes, idea. That's you really know, good. And, and, and but if they have a big you, staff, I, it could be very cool. Yeah, there's, there's like six or seven people okay. there. But when I need something, I need to get in or I need a prescription, they jump through the year. You know, they really remember, they appreciate it. And that's not why I do it, I, because, I, you know, they, they're helping you. I, I think you should remember your doctor at this time of year. They don't make enough money, as far as I'm concerned, because... Yeah, and the little the little things for people that do not expect a tip. Yeah. That you normally don't give tips to. Um, so I, I try to send, you know, my doctors, not for the doctor, because <clears throat> I'm not sending him money. He makes enough. I bring him a okay, bottle of something. But I send for their staff, staff a little yeah. basket of something. And what it's do you not do for garbage money. men in this in the suburbs? Do you, cash. To, do you give them something? Cash? And the, so, listen, when I lived, oh, I'm how do you even the see city, them? but when I lived in the suburbs, I always tip the garbage men. And I'll tell you, first of all, because in the suburbs, there like, there are days, like, there's, Days that you're allowed to put like regular trash out, but uh, there's other days where if you had like a chair or something you wanted oh, to get I'm rid sure of, I'm sure you follow those rules exactly. Right yeah. now, if you give a good tip, sometimes <laughs> they'll break that code. I'll pick it up for you. Well, what do you do? You and go out also, at five a.m. to meet them when they're no. I, well, no, yeah, I would look for them, and the mailman, yeah. I would put it in the mailbox. Yeah, oh, I'm not tipping the mailman. Okay, well, you don't have to, but I. They're do. government workers. Not That's why your mail's going to end up in Aces. Mailbox. I don't get any mail. <laughs> I don't know get that. Mail anyway. So don't tell you I didn't warn you. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. But I'm just saying. No, I did. I tipped. Then you, you, you know, do you tip? I mean, you could go crazy. Do you tip the the the, the maintenance guy that does your lawn or your gardener? I don't think you have to tip them. But it's nice to send a little card or maybe like like I said, you could buy. Uh, a thing of popcorn or something, something inexpensive for the staff. And it's not the money, it's the thought because, it's a, it's a you thought. know, in the city it's very different. We're talking about buildings, buildings in, okay, like I have a building which half of it's, a, a, I mean, I, there's like a hundred <coughs> people, okay? So how much should I budget for the total entire staff bill? <laughs> how much should a I lot. budget, somebody asked. A lot. And they say much of it will depend on the sizes of staff and other factors cited above. But it may help you to re- review. And Brick Underground has a whole thing on tipping. Um, and they're using what other people say. They say the garage attendant, like if you park your car in a garage. Yeah, oh, you have to do the garage. You okay, have to. so what do you, right. they're saying 15 to 100 bucks. Depends on how I many guys are. I don't think 15 are. to 15. Shit. No, fifteen. They'll throw it. Back I think at you. really uh, that would wad it up and throw it in your face. Uh, you know, we, I had a garage that had like ten people in it before, and then you couldn't give as much. Now we're in one that's only like three guys that work. It's a small garage, so each of them gets fifty dollars because they really do. You know, they take care, extra care of the car. And right. They, now, they one run to person and, writes, "Daddy, one of my doormen is a jerk, and I never see my super. Do I have to tip them?" Well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, not I much, really right? think you're living in the building. If you, you know, there might be a jerk, but I mean, I don't. Maybe I, he's a jerk because you don't tip him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just think that you, you probably now. Somebody asked the question: sh- Could I give more to somebody who does extra for me? And this is not from Brooke Underground. This is my opinion. If there's somebody who does extra for me, I'm going to give them a little more. 
Yeah, they don't they don't yeah. compare notes either. They don't tell each other because they don't want each other to know. Now <clears> somebody know, so. says, okay, what if you have a financial setback? You know, like you had a bad year, you lost your job, something happened, and you can't afford to give as much as the year before. I would tell them. I would tell them. What should I do? I put a little note in there and say, you know, um, not as good a year as before, but I'm I'm going to revisit this in June and and try to make up for it. Please don't think it yeah. reflects your just service. so that they don't think it's on them. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, it says and it says write a little note, basically the yeah. same way, saying wish I could do more. You know. Um, yeah. Now they say. That will fly as long as they don't see that, you know, you're traveling and going away. I know. You know on huge <laughs> Things are tough. Like Louis Vuitton bag <laughs> Things are tough everything. this year, but you see okay. packages everywhere. Now, this is another interesting thing, and I'm not going to say the organization happened to, but Jerry, you'll guess it, so I'm okay. not. It says, my building has a tipping pool. Do I need to give individual tips on top of that? Oh. Um, wow. And they say, with a tipping pool, residents contribute what they wish into the pool, which is then divided accordingly to seniority and full-time or part-time status. I don't like those. I like. I don't like tipping pools. And let me say something. I won't say where. <laughs> I but, know what you're but doing. <laughs> you go, Jerry. Okay, so uh-huh. I give tips to this organization every year, uh-huh. and they have a tipping pool. And so you give an amount. They, they suggest the amount you give, and they say that they give it out to all the people. Yeah. Well... Someone told me not to do that. So thank goodness I didn't. I just tipped the individuals individually. And then I found out for the last five years, all the money they collected from the tipping pool, they never gave Uh, to the people. They never gave. I heard the same thing. So I, you know, there are certain uh, uh, mixers of drinks at this place that you're talking about that that uh, I like to give extra to because they, you know, they they make a nice drink. Well, I would just say to be on the safe side, give individual. Yeah. This way you yeah. know they got it. Right, right. <laughs> okay. And then this question came up, Jerry. Should I tip my landlord or the management company? Oh, please. Your landlord? <laughs> Here's your tip. It's a Well, I wouldn't tip my landlord, no, okay? No, you don't. You don't generally tip the owner of a business, right? If you're going to a salon mm-hmm. and the no. person owns a salon, you don't tip them. I feel like so it, works, it works the other way, Jerry. My tenants ask me for a gift during the holidays. <laughs> they ask you? They ask me. Yeah. They're like, hey, yeah, so I'm going to give you the gift of getting, heat. <laughs> a gift you're getting heat and hot water. Well, that's because gift. he's, see, if you're giving them a cheap rent, they might want to give you a gift. Okay? Now, they say, how much should I tip a non-building, like for a cleaning person, a housekeeper? Uh, and they say one to two weeks of pay. Yes. Okay? So your housekeeper, one yeah. to two, whatever you pay them, yeah. give them one week. If you want to be generous, give them two weeks. Yeah. Cleaning service. 15 to 20% throughout the year is a portion of their earnings goes to the cleaning service. A full-time nanny. Oh, you got Full-time give them a nanny, lot. one week's pay minimum or yeah. two if you can afford it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And remember, a nanny is taking care of your children. Yes, that's it. Okay? And if they're a good nanny and they take care of your children, there's no money that to me. Right. That's, they keep those little breaths yeah, clean and right. quiet and pay right. them. Right. So... You know, my feeling on a nanny is, you know, do what you have to do or give. And if you can't afford maybe to give money as much, maybe you give them some extra time or things like that. Maybe um, you can give them but, time off. Yeah. What about a babysitter? Occasional babysitter. They say $50, $25, $50, depending on how much you well, use them. that's right. Or a gift card. What about a dog walker? 
a dog walker or dog groomer, you got to give them. Yeah, you have. You know. a, well, if it's a dog walker, you give them, if they say, one week's pay. Mm-hmm. A dog groomer. Uh, I give them like the, uh, the same as my hair person. Okay. And by the way, I didn't know cut. this, but so uh, but male carriers by law, I'm just reading this now, can't accept cash. Yeah, so they'll always give it worth back. more than twenty dollars. Well, yeah. I guess mine. Yeah. <laughs> Do they return it when you? No. In reality, some, but by no means most residents do tip in the $25 to $50 range. I just so, Jerry, you're in the minority, okay? <laughs> I was just, for a full discussion of postal carrier tipping question, you can read on, okay? But when's the, the way, best the, time to give the holiday tip? Can I, can I just say one more thing before you move on to the, this tipping thing? The, the police officer that helped us on the Palisades the other day when my, my car blew out a tire because I go through a tire a week. And he said, well, I have to call the tow truck because in the Palisades, it has to be one of ours. And I said, well, do I pay you? And he's like, no, no, no I can't take it. I said, no, no, I'm not trying to bribe you. <laughs> he was so honest. And I think he was probably being videotaped. Uh, you know, they have the things on their uniform. But he was very helpful. And I appreciate his, uh, his help the other day. And I was not trying to tip you or bribe you. Well, I gave the guy who found my wallet. <laughs> yes, I think that's nice With to give a gift. Uh, Oh, they you know, saved you a I lot of And I called him, and he really yeah. didn't call me back, so I don't yeah. think he wanted to uh, a tip, but I, but I really felt that. that was a wonderful thing yeah. to do, and yeah. I certainly did. But, you know, again, you do I have to. I think it's a, the, the nicest, it's a nice thing to do. And time-wise, when should you give it? Um, the doorman and the building people collect year-end tips from December all the way into February. Yeah, already now. Now, I think they'd probably rather have it before the holidays yes. in case they have to buy gifts. But if you right. miss the holidays, you could give it to them. You know, they'll take it at any time. I've done it in January when I was traveling and I, yeah. I couldn't get it together. They still appreciate it. You know? Right. So if you can't get it to them before the holidays or before Christmas, just give it to them after. Mm-hmm. Um and again, they don't prefer that because they have to buy gifts and things. Right. But if that's you know, that's if that's the way it is, then that's the way it is. As long as they get it, it I mean, it's still money. Um, so, uh, anyone else that you that you tip that you kind of think of? We see you know your hairdresser, mm. your your. There's a there's a lot, but I think we've hit the whole list. Ace, is there anybody else that we haven't? Do I tip do, a full your assistant, year? Your assistant, your employees. I mean, yeah. employees. Well, do I tip a full year if I just moved in? No, I don't think so. I think a portion. Well, it depends. If you've been there yeah, like a, a month. That's a good question, Daddy. But I, mm-hmm. again, there's no right answer to that. I don't think there is. Here's me. But if I would moved in like three weeks ago, I might give somebody less. But if I was there like six months. What about your old... I, I guess you're old, uh, oh, Dory. If, if you just you're moved gone. three weeks ago, you're screw gone. Them. That's it. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> move the, move okay, in the middle of December, Jerry. Are checks okay, or do I have to give cash? I would give. I think cash is nicer, but I think checks a little. Well, know. again, doormen and people would prefer the cash. However, if for some reason you were like me and forgot to go to your ATM machine or it broke down when you were there, yeah, when you try to withdraw five okay, thousand yes. Okay, then... Uh, Just don't bounce the check. Yeah, then as long as the check doesn't bounce, it's, they would rather not have to go through the hassle to cash it and write yeah. it to cash and give them a check, but it's better than not giving them anything. Um, should you include a little card in the note? That's always nice. I uh, Just stick it in an envelope. As long as they know it's from me. You know what? Put a smiley face on it. Okay, I'll put an <laughs> emoji that? on it. Okay. 
Are food or gifts acceptable for substitutes for cash? No. No. Jerry said no. They don't want food. What are you going to give them an apple or something? No. They want money. The teacher gets an apple. Yeah. But even the teachers don't want apples anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Do I tip a staff member I really see? <laughs> like like yeah, like our staff members. <laughs> I think you do what you can. And if you don't have the money or if it's a tough year, then you send a note and say, you know, this has been a tough year for me. This is the best I could do. I'll give a little gift. I'll do better next year. That's it. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back again, 866-970-9622. I'm here with Jerry and East. And uh, we have, uh, I just realized we have an abbreviated show again. Uh, oh, yes. we're having so much fun. Yes, and we are. Uh, so I guess we're going to try to go quickly, but if you have any questions, I know a lot of you are out shopping, but if you have any <laughs> questions, you can email them. It's just fine if you want to, because you, you, we get a lot more emails now, but uh, the show is, what, 11.50? Yeah, yeah. 11.50. So, oh, okay, so 10 minutes. I'm going to get the finance piece in, but I want to, as promised, talk about what happens if you... What do I do? What do you do if your deal falls apart the last minute? What happens to the down payment was the question. So, Jerry, check your contract, right? Yes, yes. What was the question again? I'm sorry, Mr. What happens, in other words, if your deal falls apart, you know, you you went to contract and the deal falls apart. The question was, what happens, first of all, to the down payment? Depends on why it falls apart, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's a whole host of reasons why if the seller can't, perform because of some title defect that's different than you can't get financing versus you get rejected by the co-op board if it's a co-op there's a whole bunch of reasons okay, why it can so, fall apart so so let me <clears throat> let, let's put it this way for our listeners you may have grounds for keeping the deposit you'd have to go to the contract and check with your attorney and what's in your contract now what if it turns out that the buyer can't get a mortgage well, if a buyer can't get a mortgage, depending on what the contract says, if the contract says no mortgage contingency, meaning if you don't get a mortgage, too bad, then you then you could then you could lose your yeah. down payment. But I would tell you that most contracts say mortgage contingency. At least these days, you should definitely consult with um, Jerry. And you know, put that you in. should consult your attorney. And I, you know, there might be some buildings that say no mortgage contingency, but I would say on the average. Jerry, most of them do say you yeah. can have a mortgage contingency. Meaning yeah, many, many times. Many yeah. times. Meaning yeah. if you don't get a mortgage, you're, then not, you're not going to lose your down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if the seller is financing? Like, in other words, if uh, they're fine, they, Jerry, they want, if the seller is financing the deal? Well, if, seller, if it's seller financing? Yeah. And what you happens? gave a down payment and the seller's mm-hmm. financing. It's not the bank. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you get your mortgage back, your down payment back, if you if default? It, if what happens? If you default, probably not. Yeah. I mean, unless you, if probably you just not. change your and mind. And again, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's why you really need an attorney when you write, when you go to contract, if you're a buyer, so that the attorney can put in the proper things to protect you. And if you're a seller, you want to consult with an attorney for, for just reasons like that. Uh, what if it's willful default? Willful default means... You know what, 
Jerry, I gave you a down payment. I liked your house, but now I changed my mind. I found something mm. I like better. So I don't want mm. it anymore. That's Most willful default. Yeah, that almost certainly you would lose your contract deposit then. Right. Almost certainly. Right. So a willful default, then, you know. Otherwise, the contract's meaningless. You know, right. if anybody can just walk away for any reason, then what, why have a contract? Should I check on the buyer's references and credit scores? Why would you care about references? Well, let me tell a, you what I think. I, I, what I think this their meaning and, and what I tell people to do. When you um, get a buyer, a broker brings them to you, um, or they come however they come. You want to know that Ace, and you want to know that the bank, okay, um, Citizens, or has pre-approved them, because. Usually there's a mortgage contingency, meaning if they can't get a mortgage, they're going to be allowed out. They're not going to lose their down payment. So if you don't check that before you go into contract, and let's say the person had bad credit or they had bad credit scores and they had bad, you know, they didn't pay bills on time, chances are they're not going to get a mortgage and then your buyer was, you know, not going to have a penalty. So if I, for me... And I, I think Ace would agree with me. If you can get a pre-approval or something from a bank, um, I would want that would be a condition that I, you know, unless I was in a horrible market and I was desperate and there was no <laughs> that had a pre-approval. Okay, I would want, you know, it's, I would want a pre-approval. Yeah, if you're a seller and you're not requesting a pre-approval or or a buyer for that matter. Now, of You're, course, Jerry, the answer is also if I get rejected by the co-op board, well. Generally, you get your money back unless you sabotaged the interview. And somebody you mean unless you did it on purpose? did it on purpose. Yeah, oh, yeah, people have tried that before. Oh, they have? Really? Oh, yeah. They yeah, have bu- yeah. buyer's remorse and then they just oh, try to... Oh, yeah, like, you bring one the... of my masters that's 250 pounds <laughs> to the meeting. Drools and farts uh, and sheds, and you say, "Oh, did I forget to tell you that I have a two hundred fifty pound yeah. dog?" I have three more at home that are. <laughs> right. right I think you'll them. get rejected. <laughs> you won't even get in the building. <laughs> oh, your mastiffs are adorable. <laughs> so you should very carefully and very nicely have your attorney make a lovely. If you if you are not accepted to the board, I would call Jerry and say, "Jerry, please." Can you call the board and tell them that my mastiffs might look ferocious, <laughs> might look big? I know they drool a little bit, but yeah, they're, they're really <laughs> okay. sweet. But could you call them and make a sweet phone call and that, say you that you're you, not they, second guessing the board, that yeah. you understand, but that you're Jerry Feeney and hey, oh, yeah, that, when you help. get to know these mastiffs, yeah. you will them. love them. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody well, will break into your buildings. Yeah. You can let them stay at the front desk and nobody will ever try to break into your building. Yeah, they'll guard the building. But no, I'm not I'm teasing, but if you have a problem, you can always it doesn't mean it will work, but you can always have your attorney call in a nice way. And that's really another reason I tell you. You know, I, I, I get a lot of people say, Oh yeah, my son in law is an attorney, I'll have him do it for me. Well, first of all, your son in law really doesn't want to do it. No. Okay. And it's not his expertise in law. And if it's not his expertise, it's not that you can't do a contract, but you don't know the things that come up that you're just not familiar with. Um, And so you are always best off, just like would I use a real estate attorney if I was getting divorced? No. No. 
And Jerry would be the first one to tell you not to use him if you're getting divorced. Right. Yeah. I have no idea. I wouldn't even know how to begin. You know, so you, so you really should I use litigated. an yeah. experienced real estate attorney when it comes to real estate. And because, you know, you know, market norms, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, the market practice. I mean, if you wanted to finance an, a jet, I'm guessing you wouldn't go to Ace. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Ace could refer you to somebody, but he doesn't finance jets. That's not his mm-hmm. thing. He finance, you know, real estate. So you got to, everything's hyper-specialized now. Yeah. So if everything falls through and now you're on the buyer's side, you're the seller, and you have to relist your house, somebody wants to know if there's any secrets to buyers look at days on market. Yes, they do. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it could look like you've had it on the market a long time. So my t- best, it- I, I, I guess, what, what can I tell you either relist it, you know, have the broker relist it, or tell all the brokers. We had a deal, and the person yeah. um, had bad credit, yeah. even if it's a lie, you know. You know, I mean, you just, know what? I mean, you if, know, if it fell through, but at least it will account to show a person. It's not that nobody wanted to see the house. It's not like it left stayed right. on the market for all this time. You had a buyer that unfortunately couldn't pass the credit test. And you know what I don't think looks good is when people, they'll price high, and then you'll you'll watch the price history on a listing. And they're decreasing. They're just chasing the market. Every couple of months, they decrease it. And it's been on for a year. That's a, that looks terrible in the price history. Terrible. Okay, so it's this not is a, a good a legi- I know. But this is a legit question. My real estate agent wants me to withdraw my listing from the MLS after a certain number of days and then relist it as a new listing. Okay. <laughs> now, on MLS, I know that they try to do that sometimes. Yeah, but you see it. You see it was withdrawn. Well, the agency. And it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but agents, okay. Um, agents sometimes lead us to show zero days on market because then it would come out as a new listing and it looked like it was just on the market. And, um, but that's misleading. It's gimmicky. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not unusual for something to be on the market 60 or 90 or 120 days. And by the way, if you had a buyer that really just didn't have good credit or had something happen or lost their job in the interim, I don't think anyone's not going to understand that. Yeah. So and some and some and some MLSs don't let you do that. So how how do I get the word out that you're back on the market? Get get the back. Get you call your broker, and then it doesn't hurt you to call the companies also, even if you have you know listing broker, call because sometimes you know people don't know. And call other people who are who are yeah. interested who get back in the game, and make sure listen. Sometimes they can be annoying, but you want an aggressive broker who's going to call up right as soon as it you know happens. Um, sh- and you don't have to hide that your deal fell through. It's not your fault. It's nothing right. to do with the property. Uh, it's not making you desperate. Now, how do I stand out in the market? Well, make special showing hours. Be flexible. Let people see your house at any time. Let people come at night. I would say, you know, well, it's winter now. Okay, but as soon as the weather gets a little bitter, have open houses at 6 o'clock. Yeah. In the middle of the week when people go to work, they get out of work, they go to an open house. It's better I've than giving always, up their weekends. I've always wondered why they don't do that more. Because Are they, they successful? Because they're not, they do tradition. Yeah. And to me... Sun, Sunday open house tradition. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't do Sunday, but you get a different crowd than, you know, if you do it right after work. I think Thursday after work is a great idea. And have, you know, maybe yeah. a little wine and cheese. Stop by, have a glass of wine, see right. my apartment. A nice uh, place to unwind. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there's a lot, you know, and I have more things that I'm going to do it, but because we have abbreviated show and I 
don't have I'll finish up with some more ideas of next week but I wanted to ask Ace a, a couple of things with mortgages because we we uh, what are the fixed rates now 30 years it's around 4.75 Dottie it's well, hovering right right below 5% okay so, so I'm going to ask a question yeah. man asked me should I take a 30 year or a 15 year mortgage which is at 4 what do you think? You know, I just like what you said earlier um, in the show, Dottie. It really depends on his situation, right? So just asking that question, um, 30-year or 15-year, um, it's it's tough to answer. It's it really is. tough to answer you without knowing. Financial and I won't say who, but a friend of mine who's buying something, he didn't buy it yet. And they're trying to get him to buy it. So they said, oh, your mortgage payments are going to be cheaper than what you're currently paying. But they gave him an interest-only no, an interest only loan. Mm. And the guy's a doctor, okay? So it's not that he's stupid or anything, but he's not really looking this. But, 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 but they're saying that this is a good deal and it will appreciate. So there's all different deals, but the mortgage yeah. rates, to me, are still pretty decent. Uh, now, we were talking about cash-out refinances. Which is very popular. Okay, so uh, th th there's a trend in that they uh, push home right, the, that more than 80% of borrowers who refinance in the third quarter chose cash out ops yeah. option. So what, you want to talk about that? Yeah, Ace? within the last three years, Dottie, we've seen even the last five years, we've, we've seen an, an amazing amount of, of appreciation in, in consumers' homes, right? So especially the baby boomers where they have a lot of equity in their homes now. They're, they're opting to not really move but take out cash and maybe improve their homes or use it for a long-term vacation. So there's so many people just tapping into their equity today. So All right. So here's what I have to say about that because I can say it both ways or I see. But in a cash-out refinance where you're actually refinancing a home and you're pulling cash out of it, mm -hmm. okay, in one way that's really a smart thing because let's say you bought your home, I'm just using easy numbers, for 500000 and let's say it's worth a million. And, you know, there's $500,000 of equity yes. plus whatever your down payment was. So that money, your house is going to go up or down whether you put 10% down or 5% down or 20 So that money you're sitting on could be doing something and making and working for you. And, and Dottie, a lot of people are consoli consolidating debt, right? right. So you have Where credit cards at 13%. Yeah. Okay, but you don't want to do what they did a decade ago. Don't want to over leverage. You don't want to. Okay, so we want to just tell them what you're saying basically. Yeah, so... I guess during the recession, so many people were taking about 100% of their value, right? So to Dottie's point, um, people are taking on top of what they owe on the mortgage balance, maybe around 70% today, Dottie. Yeah. But, but back then, folks were taking out 100% of their value, which leaves you really and with nothing. And that's why so many people really went under. Yes. Because what they did is... They bought their house in like 1970. Yeah. It's now 19. What well, when we had the recession in 107? Uh, 2008, 2009. So yeah. let's say they had equity, but they pulled all the equity out of the house, and now the market dropped, yes. and they had all mortgage. So we think it's wise in most cases to take some of your equity and make that work for you, whether it's to send a kid to college, mm -hmm. or as Ace said. You're paying a lot of interest to consolidate some of your debts and work. But that's where you work with a financial planner, your account, or somebody who knows. Okay. But you don't want to pull yeah. everything out. We always recommend right around How the 60%, 70% range okay. just to give you some sort of buffer. 
A 60, 70 percent yeah. range, uh, which seems Of fair. the value. Now, I also heard, Ace, that the United States will finance single-family home mortgages as high as 484350 across much of the country. Yeah. All right, so, again... They're increasing we, that loan amount. We don't talk a lot, okay? And, again, it depends on the price range. We don't talk a lot about government loans. We yeah. don't even talk a lot about veterans' loans. And, of course, if you've been in the military, just call Ace. Yes. I mean, it's a special deal for the military. And not to go into it all, we don't have time. If you were in the military, make sure to call Ace or Citizens Bank. Yes. Okay? And they will help you because you, you get a big it's a big it's a big plus. Now, but there also is federal gov- federally subsidized by the government. Now, you could borrow up to what, four eighty four? Four eighty four, yeah. Okay. So that's almost five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and not have to put a lot of money down. Uh, if you if you go for Freddie or uh, for Fannie or Freddie, okay, while that is the limit across much of the country, more expensive homes in some urban areas will be eligible for backing from Freddie and Fannie in high cost areas, which is what most of the Northeast is. The limit will be seven hundred and twenty six thousand five hundred and twenty five dollars. That's huge. That's now. I don't know if you're hearing that number. <laughs> that means you can borrow seven hundred and twenty-six thousand seven, almost twenty, almost seven hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars from the government. And when you borrow from the government, the benefits to that is that you don't have to put as much cash down, right? And banks are more inclined to lending it because they're not using their own balance sheet; they're actually selling it off to Fannie. After the well, I don't know if everyone file. understands that, but the, so maybe just briefly, <laughs> the banks, in other words, the banks don't have to hold on to these Correct. loans, so there's no risk. Yes. So if you, so they're likely to take them yep. a lot easier because they don't have to keep them and have the risk of what if you go, you know, you don't pay. So Jerry, that's a big number, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now let me ask you something. So if you borrow seven hundred twenty-six thousand from the, I mean. It, and the interest rate is is comparable to yeah it's going to be a, a conforming rate high balance rate which um you know should be right around the 4.75 mark right 4.625 and therefore and if you're one of those people that hasn't saved enough money up but you make enough income to afford the payments it really is an option and i don't and that i think you should look at and i think in the city i think in the city, less than the suburbs, I think people never look at that so yeah. much. I mean, we have at Citizens Bank up to 85% financing up to $1.5 million, Dottie. You do? Yeah. See, now, I didn't even know that. You have 85 So listen to that, everyone. Let's say that again. So just 15% down for a $1.5 million loan amount. That's a lot. A lot of money. And I don't think people realize that. So. And that's a lot of money. Yeah. And as I said... You know, you can always, I, I told the, the person that drove me today, you can always, I'd rather put 15% down, have a little cash for a rainy day, and whenever, and I did this when I bought my house in the Hamptons, and by the way, I stretched to buy that house in the Hamptons when I bought it years ago. It was a lot of money for me. And I said, you know, what I'll do is anytime I have that, I took a 30-year mortgage, but what I said is whenever I have a little extra money, I'll just throw it. Put additional. 
additional pay and extra. Yeah. And you know what? I ended up paying my house off a lot sooner, and I didn't. But I was not pressured to do it. So, in other words, you can you can get a thirty-year mortgage. You can end up really anytime you have a little extra money, paying down your mortgage a little, and you'll save interest. And if you take a fifteen percent, I didn't even. And you can take a yeah, regular. So many people citizen. think you have to put twenty percent down, but you really don't, Dottie. You know, so. Yeah, and then look, if you have that extra 5% and you keep it and you don't spend it in Las Vegas or something, <laughs> you know, it's a little cushion to have. And if you find that you did great, and you did, then you can always make pay some extra payments. Yeah. I, that's, that's really great. And I don't know. I think um, more and more people really should really pay attention to the financing. It makes such a big difference. And I don't think many people know as much. I always tell should. people, you know, if you're taking on financing, you're living in the, in the payment, not the price. So, so many people are so caught up in the price, but you're really living in the payment. So, And I think that Ace's point is well taken, that instead of saying, you know what, uh, this is because you maybe, you might be able to borrow a lot more than you, you're comfortable in spending. Maybe you still like to go out a lot. And maybe you don't want to have dinner at home every night. So, <laughs> If you tell the, if you call Ace and Citizens Bank and you say, look, this is what I'm comfortable in spending per month. Now, how much should I borrow, correct? Yeah. That's it. Now, I'm sure you'd rather listen to us in the game, however. Okay. <laughs> so, I want to wish everyone a great week. That's it, Jerry. And uh, we'll have our annual radio show uh, get together one of these days. But thank you, and we will be back next week. And make sure that we will give you, not next week, the week after that, we'll give you our predictions for the following year. And then we'll see if our predictions are right. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy. It's not too cold today, so enjoy the weather. We'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.